Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage providing a seamless mortgage experience because they're with you every step of the way. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Colin Ward-Henniger will join us to talk NBA coming up in one hour. We just did our post-draft power rankings, which I nearly threw away in a haste. Patriots, Rams, Colts, Chiefs, Saints, Texans, Chargers, Cowboys, Seahawks, Browns. There's your top 10. 11 through 15, Eagles, Steelers, Ravens, Bears, Jets. I think the Bears could take a big step back. And I'm going to get to Reggie Bush here in a second. First, we have to welcome in Billy Jack. Hello, Billy Jack. Hi, Ken. How are you? We play Billy Jack's music. Go ahead. But I said, F- you. And I left. You said, no, you're fired. Whatever. I left or fired. Who gives a sh-? Boom! You're dead. Well, well, I wish that would have been true. That's what? Billy Jack talking. <laughs> I wish that was true. What was going through your mind when you said that, Billy Jack? I was really angry, man. I just got a, I, had, I had a lot of bottled up feelings. So, who cares? If David Murnick ever fires you, will you please do that? No, will you I, please do that? He wouldn't fire me. David Murnick walks, has Billy Jack into his office and says this. Hit it. Boom! You're dead. No. Well, well, I wish that would have been true. <laughs> Not that one. Not that's that Billy one. Jack talking. Well, that's what I'm that I wish one. that was true. No, no, I, I'm not, I'm no. Not. He says he walks. Shut up, Billy Jack. He walks in. He has Billy Jack walk into his office. He sits down. Dave Murnick's on the other side of the table, and Dave Murnick says, "You're fired." And Billy Jack fires back with this. But I said, F- "You," and I left. You said, "No, you're fired." Whatever. I left or fired. Who gives a? Sh-? Thanks, Ken. Now I'm actually going to get fired. Oh, I don't think that's going to get you fired. It might get me fired. But then we wouldn't work together anymore. That doesn't matter. Do you think I'm still going to stop playing that? Because I'm going to keep playing it. Hit it again, Tom. But I said, F- you. And I left. You said, no, you're fired. Whatever. I left or fired. Who gives a sh- I mean, I'd still make fun of you. Okay. Posthumously, but well, it worked posthumously. You wouldn't be Jeez. really dead. Billy ain't going anywhere. All right. No. Billy stays. David would. David wouldn't fire me. Boy, this would be the right time to play the uh, boom. You're dead, right there. Boom. You're dead. Well, well, I wish that would have been true. That's Billy Jack talking. I think you want to. Fire I wish that was true. No, I don't want to fire you. Are you kidding me, Billy Jack? He loses Billy Jack bit. Yeah. Can't lose that. Have some other jobber in here to talk to. Why would I want to do that? Following Billy Jack around while he, he continuously talks about how sad he is when he doesn't want to go after women. The poor I, boy has no self-confidence. I've tried to give you confidence. You just sit there and fart all over everything I say. You know, you and Gresh, I should just take off all these Saturdays. Why? I mean, to avoid you two. <laughs> but first off, Gresh is just like me. Now, he's a better-looking guy, but, you know, he's heavy. I'm a fat pig. Now, Gresh, does Gresh have a wife? Yeah, he does. 
Okay, and I have a wife too. Both are satisfied in the sack. And here you are over here. Oh, God, you know, I've lost a little bit of hair. and Maybe I got a little bit of punch. Like, that matters. What are you going for? I didn't lose hair. Can I shave my head? You shave? Wait a minute. You shave your head I and you're not losing hair? No, I am losing hair, but that's why oh I shave my, my head. Billy, for the love of God, Billy. Tom, can you, and you see this boy every day. Can you talk some sense into him? <laughs> he gets enough. I think he gets enough of the guru stuff from uh, from you and Gresh. Get boom, you're dead ready. Boom! You're dead! Well, well, I wish that would have been true. That's Billy Jack talking. <laughs> I wish that was true. I love Billy Jack. Is that what you do on He's dates? Great kid. Do you get in the car after a date and say that? Hit it? What? I... Boom! You're dead! Well, well, I wish that would have been true. <laughs> That's Billy Jack talking. <laughs> I wish that was true. Shave your head and you just look back in the clumps of hair in the sink and you just say... You're dead. Well, well, I wish that would have been true. That's Billy Jack talking. <laughs> I wish that was true. Listen to his little crazy laugh there in the middle of it. Boom! You're dead. Well, well, I wish that would have been true. That's Billy Jack talking. <laughs> I wish that was true. <laughs> Billy, answer. Come on, let's your, go. Your laughs are are better than that. A bit better than Billy Jack's laughs? Yeah, you sound like a little, you know, like a like a fat little ice cream man. Like a fat little ice cream man is how I sound, huh? <laughs> That's the best thing you can came up with. You can come up with. I can't. Yeah, yeah. That's the best thing. The actual Billy Jack Haynes had something way better than that. He would have tried I to said, blow up my car. You. Yeah. And I left. You said no. You're fired. Whatever. I left or fired. Who gives a shit? I'm a fat little ice cream man. All right. I love you, Billy. Thank you, Kevin. What, what are you doing tonight? What time you get out of work? Six o'clock. When's your birthday? July twentieth. July. Oh, it's coming up. It's coming up. You're gonna be hot. You're gonna be thirty. I'm gonna be thirty. Yeah. Tom, how much money you got in your wallet? Uh, probably like seventy-five bucks. Seventy-five dollars. You carry seventy-five dollars in cash in New my, York City. It was my birthday last weekend. Oh, you got some birthday money. I didn't know that. Happy birthday! Wait a minute. Tom. How? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, it was my How birthday during the show. It was my thirtieth okay. birthday during the show last Saturday. You get birthday money for your thirtieth birthday? Uh, yeah. I mean, I saw my mom for dinner and she threw me a fifty. Are you kidding me? You Why still get money for your birthday? Nothing's wrong about that. Yeah, what what are you talking about? I haven't gotten money for my birthday. <sighs> it I'm was 32. It's been well over a decade. It's not like I got like, you know, a Tonka truck. Wait, she gave you money for your birthday gift? Yes. Well, oh, that's love. Mom <laughs> knows you real well, doesn't she? My god. There's nothing wrong with that, Ken. <laughs> I think there's something a little bit wrong with that. Is that what you wrote on noon on the rundown? What? Destroy my producers? <laughs> Actually, no, I wrote Reggie Bush is doing you're... God's work, but I'd much rather do this. Billy Jack, you'll never be loved. Tom, your mom doesn't love you. There you go. That's now the noon the... segment. Now hit the bleep you. Boom! You're dead! Well, oh. well I wish that would have been true. That's Billy Jack talking. <laughs> I wish that was true, but I said, F- you. <laughs> and I left. <laughs> you said, no, you're fired. Whatever. I left or fired. Who gives a sh- God, I love it. 855-212-4CBS. Now, I told, that's not the truth about Billy Jack, by the way, Tom. You know that. I tell Billy Jack all the time. He he does not have enough confidence in himself. I don't know what his ex-girlfriend did to him, 
but she did a number on him because he should have full faith and confidence as a 29-year-old, supposed to be 30-year-old soon man in New York City. He should be out there and loving every minute of it. You know that. How many millions of people are in New York City, Billy? Eight million? Ten million? How many million? A lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of millions. A lot lot of millions. millions. You're telling me you can't can't go find a date tonight? You're lying to yourself. You're lying. I could, but the question is, will I? Why wouldn't you? There's really no reason not to. Just want to sit at home and what do you watch on TV? Well, see, I all right. So I could go. You, you don't know. You don't know New York at all, right? So nope. There, so there's this there's this place in Upper Westchester called White Plains. Yeah, I know I, that city. Oh, I know do? that town. Oh, you do. Yeah. All right, cool. They got a, they got like a strip of bars. I could go there. Well, why don't you do that then? Well, because I got a lot of friends who are married and engaged. And who cares? Stuff. I'm not going. By you don't myself. have. W- what, do you have one? Well, yeah, that's kind of pathetic. Do you have one friend who's not engaged or married? You, do you have one friend who's able to, to get out there and be your not a wingman because he's married? But you know what I'm saying over here, Tom or uh, Billy? Yeah, I do, but it, it it complicates the matter. What complicates it? Well, because I can't be like, hey, man, let's go to the bar. Yeah, bring the baby. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, no. Not worries. about bringing bring the baby. He has a kid. Tom. Tom. Tom, how old are you? Tom, Tom you're 28. No, just how are you? Just turned 30 last Saturday. You just turned 30. Yes. I know you're engaged. Just go out with Billy. Just go and and get, you know what? Bring Gigi and go out with Billy. Take him out. Girls are very good at setting guys up. That would they help. know that. I bet she knows. I guarantee she knows. Yeah, she knows. You yeah. might have to do that. She ain't no dummy. She knows. Girls are better at that than guys are. You get yourself a platonic girlfriend. She'll set you up. Oh, that's the that's way how in. that works. That's the way in. Yep. Damn it. I've been thinking we've been doing it all wrong with Billy. America knows. Trust me. There's if you have a friend, like a, a, a girlfriend of a boyfriend of a, of a friend of yours, or like a fiance or something like that, they'll set you up big time. Big time. Billy, sex at you all weekend, man. All right, let's do it. Be falling out of the trees for you. You're gonna have to shave your head freshly because it's gonna be growing while you're in the bed. You're just gonna be in the sack the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. And you know what? That's true. It grows back quick. Yeah. Stubble. Oh, man. Yeah. Stubble, and then you look like hell. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I, oh, I got, geez. I got you look like Jason Witten at a press conference. It looks terrible. Yeah, it's no good. I got a lot of stubble going on right now. 855-2124-CBS. All right. You know what we're going to do? Push back five burning questions, all right? Do it at 1240. Coming up next, Reggie Bush is doing God's work, America. I just I haven't had a chance to play the clips for Billy and I just got a little bit happy about playing the clips for Billy. And I don't mean to call Billy pathetic, America. I just want Billy to find love and happiness because he deserves love and happiness because he's such a good young man. Thank you. Tom, not so much. No, Tom's a great guy, too. But Billy is a good, fine young man, and I wish him very well. Let's I hope he gets get you on your birthday, Ken. Nothing, because I'm a grown man. I'm 32 Literally years old. Nothing. She doesn't need to get me anything. No. Literally no. nothing. Your mom no. does not. What do you get for your no. mother on her birthday? She gets my my mother gets me a form to fill out for her plot when she dies. Wait, That's so what she gets me for her birthday. You don't get your mother a gift on her birthday either. I get my mom a gift for her birthday. Doesn't sound like it. I got her an oxygen tank back in March. What do you want? Wow. And you think I'm my family's weird. <laughs> I mean, does oxygen, does it or does it not keep her alive? I keep my mother alive. What did you do, Tom? Thank you very much. I'm saving my mother's life. You did nothing. Ungrateful brat. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, Reggie Bush wants to make college football great again. It's Ken Carmen, live on the fan. 
live on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, it's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, not on the fan. Well, that depends on where you're listening. <laughs> but it's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS. Five burning questions coming up in 20 minutes. And also, I have strong proof that you don't care about parody. You think you want parody, you don't want parody. And I have proof that has very little, very little. It does technically have something, but very little to do with sports. That coming up after five burning questions at 1235-1240. 855-212-4CBS. I don't think he should have given him back his, his Heisman Trophy. I hope to be able to talk to him someday about it because I find the man to be brilliant because it doesn't just make his his previous school, his former school better. It makes college football better. Something's going to be missing this year. In the 2019 season, you're going to have Dabo. You're going to have Nick. You're going to have Chris Peterson out west. You're going to have a couple of things. Something's going to be missing. And if you're watching on Fox, you'll get a little bit of a taste of it. And I told you, the best thing Fox can do is I think they carry the Red River rivalry this year. I got to make sure that's true. Formerly the shootout. If it's Oklahoma and Texas, it's the Texas State Fair. It is fish in a barrel. You get down and you sit down Urban Meyer and you sit him right in front of Tom Herman and you have Urban Meyer interview Tom Herman on Fox, not live, and you tweet, hey, there's a, there was a couple of contentious things here. People are going to be watching like crazy for that interview. I don't think you can get those two in a room, but if you if you could dedicate it to television some way, somehow, I think it would be unbelievable television. And if you want to take eyes away from college game day for that game in particular, with Texas on their way back up, Oklahoma trying to hold dominance with Lincoln Riley, you sit down Urban right in front of Tom Herman, and away we go. That's the way you ought to do it. But something's going to be missing, and that's something really is Urban Meyer. One of the greatest coaches in college football history, one of the most compelling coaches in, in college football history, and now one of the most controversial college, college coaches in football history. And to watch him from last year through the health problems to now stepping away from Ohio State to now doing television, what I hope happens is what Reggie Bush intends on doing. Because the magic needs to come back. I want, there's some teams that I love to hate. And one of those teams has always been USC. And Reggie Bush gave an interview earlier this week and said that he is openly recruiting Urban Meyer to USC. And if you could bring Urban Meyer to USC, well, if Clay, and I know if Clay Helton has problems, which they're basically planning on Clay Helton to have problems at USC this year. And I, I've defended Clay Helton, and I think he's a really good guy, but it already seems that the wheels are in motion. And if you want to make college football, while it's already great, if you want to add even more spice to that, you bring Urban back to USC. You find a way, you get Reggie Bush, you get every one of those people that are possibly have a good name left with USC, and you find a way to bring Urban Meyer back to USC. A year layoff, big games on Fox. What's Urban doing the entire year? Going to all these big games, going to the set. He's going to smell the popcorn. He's going to feel the electricity in the air. That big game, big moment right there. And then he gets to start to be reminded what it was like at Florida, what it was like at Utah and BG when he first started, and obviously what it was like when he was the czar at Ohio State. 54 years old, a year layoff. You have Dabo's contract, nine years or 10 years, $93 million. And you have Urban Meyer who made $9 million a year and became accustomed to things. 
accustomed to certain ways of life that now, even though he still has more money than God, he's still accustomed to things. And the minute that $9 million isn't going into the bank account every year, you start to get a little bit nervous. And you think, $93 million, that's what Dabo made. What can I do in half that time? What can I make in half that time of what Dabo's extension was? And what can I do for a once-proud program that has gone through the ups and downs, has gone through the trials and tribulations, and needs help again? Like Pete Carroll when he came to USC, what could happen with Urban Meyer, the man in the black hat, going to the USC Trojans and being cold and calculated again. What could possibly happen out West, upsetting the balance of the Pac-12, putting USC back where it's supposed to be? A 54-year-old man is going to sit on the sidelines for the entire rest of his life? Well, Ken, he's got brain issues. Yeah, that's serious stuff. Also, Bruce Arians thought his heart was going to explode on the sidelines. Guess where he's at now? Oh, well, I I, I, I got to stay away from the game. Well, I got to stay away. Well, now they're telling me that my heart's going to feel better. The only place I want to go now is the Cleveland Browns or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If Bruce can do it, and everybody loves Bruce, Urban can't do it. You think about how that ended at, at Ohio State. Where, And I do believe, while it's still not the right thing, it's probably true. You're with Zach Smith. Courtney Smith is estranged. Courtney Smith is texting Shelly Meyer, saying these things are happening. I wouldn't put it past him that he didn't believe him. And you have that press conference, where because no, no one wants to believe bad people are around him, but then you have that press conference where Urban Meyer feels like he's duped and he has to sit and, and, and be away from his team for three days or three games and three weeks of preparation and getting ready for those games and, and trying to get... Ryan Day ready, trying to get that football team ready where Ryan Day is going to take over. And he had to sit there in that press conference and be told that he did something wrong, even though he didn't feel like he did anything wrong. Whether or not you believe it's right or wrong, that's inconsequential to the argument. He believed he didn't do anything wrong. And he's drug in front of the media. And they get their moment. They get their time where they can go after him for what he believes his idiot assistant coach may have done or might not have done. And he's the one who had to pay that piper. And at the end of the season, he steps down. And now he's going to step away for health reasons yet again. It's been a long, terrible road, but it's also been a rewarding road. And now he's going to take time away, except he's going to be still with the program and still with Fox. And you're telling me you're going to take a competitor like that guy and put him around big-time college football and he ain't going to get the itch again? And that a job like USC is going to open up and Reggie Bush, the great running back at USC, is going to try everything he can to bring that guy in. You're telling me he's not going to be even thinking about it? A guy who's that competitive, who's dedicated his life to the competition in college football, at 54 years old, will pro- could live till he's 100, is going to sit out the next 50 years he's really going to do it? And once you get Urban Meyer to USC, Texas... USC, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Washington. Hell, I haven't even mentioned Georgia, and that's a shame. Georgia, LSU. Absolute dominance, absolute drama, a college football playoff. Who on earth, and it's probably going to be expanded, who on earth says no to any of that? 
I understand. Oh, there's serious health problems. Uh Uh-huh. And we're always making progress in medical science. And he's also used health problems before. He's also cited health problems before. But a relatively young man at 54 who's addicted to competition, if that job opens up after a year on the Fox set while he's going to be at the biggest games, he's not going to even think about it? Oh, and by the way, what it could add when Urban Meyer, who has the footprint of the entire country at his fingertips as he's always tried to recruit, how much intrigue is going to be added when he finds his next Braxton Miller-type quarterback and that kid's sitting in the backyard at Ohio State and he's got another one right there at, at Los Angeles and he decides to go for both. And then the gloves really come off. And then it's USC versus Ohio State in the postseason. Oh, my God. Reggie, I'm rooting for you. I want you to be able to do it. I have to root against Clay Helton now. Because I don't think that Clay Helton is going to be the guy to lead them to a national championship. I don't think Clay Helton is going to be the guy to lead them back to promise. I I root for Clay Helton. He seems like a fine man. But I don't believe he's going to be that guy. You know who can be the guy? Urban Meyer, who people call a snake. People call cold-blooded. People call a robot. People call nasty. But he's also a champion three times over. He's also one of the best head coaches in college football history. He's also the second biggest name, or maybe third now if you get to Dabo, but one of the three biggest names in this generation of college football behind one of the all-time greatest legends and maybe even the all-time greatest legend in Nick Saban. That is pretty rarefied air. I want that at USC. I want to hate USC again. I want to hate what's going on out west again. I want to look and see if there's recruiting violations again. I want to be emotionally involved in USC again. It's not the same with Washington. It's not the same with Washington State. It's just not the same in that conference without USC being at the top. And I can't trust Clay Helton to be that guy to take him to the top. But you can bet your ass you trust Urban Meyer. And what that would bring to college football. So I know Reggie isn't listening right now. I wish he was, and I hope he ever gets a chance to listen, because I am hoping that once the second that gavel falls on Clay Helton, which will probably be around week six, that he starts pounding that drum and making those trips and every single overture with USC and every single amount of money with every booster they have to every penny to get Urban Meyer just a taste of what it could be. College football living and breathing again where it really matters with USC and a chance at retribution against Ohio State that to him threw him under the bus when he's done everything he could to make that team as dominant in the Big Ten, as dominant over Michigan, and the primetime player with the primetime NFL prospects that they've had over the last decade. Because for Urban, in the back of his mind, there's something that says, how dare they be so disrespectful and so disloyal to what I've done for that school. And now, at USC, at a place that really has the money and the backing and the wherewithal, I can make them pay from out west. God, I would love that for college football. And I'd love to argue it. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, five burning questions on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Colin Ward-Henniger in just about 20 minutes. We'll talk NBA playoffs with him right now. It's time for five burning question. Tom, go. What's up, Ken? You were just talking about the possibility or Reggie Bush's suggestion of Urban Meyer heading to USC. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I don't think that it's necessarily over for Urban in the coaching ranks. Do you think he could succeed in the NFL? 
I think it depends on what your uh, your definition is of of success. I think that when you have Urban Meyer, you don't compare him to. I don't. I don't know if he can make the the great adjustments on the fly. I think that sometimes his game day preparation has been great, obviously, but the in game stuff has lacked. People remember the Big Ten championship game some years ago against Michigan State. A couple of times where they've come out and just gotten shellacked. Purdue, Iowa, never been able to make the adjustments to come back in. Of course, they did. were able to do it and come back from behind against Penn State last year. But I wonder, it's not against the Pat Shermers of the world. It's really against McVay, Belichick, Reed, those guys. That's who you immediately have to be put in conversations with. And I don't know if he could do it to their level in NFL football. So I don't think so. One of the things that I was getting, by the way, earlier this week, Tom, is that, well, he wouldn't if there was a guy at Ohio State. I couldn't believe this. I even brought this up during the last rant. Is, well, he wouldn't go after a guy who was in Columbus if he had a guy in L.A. Oh, yeah. Which, if, if you believe that, I, I don't know what else to tell you other than I got some nice beachfront community stuff to give you in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, even though I think Green Bay technically might have a beach. But I can give you an ocean view in the middle of Kansas if that were to be the case. Because I can't believe anybody would think that. I think Urban Meyer has the mind of a serial killer when it comes to the teams that he plays. And I don't think that he is going to care whatsoever if the kid is from the backyard of Columbus, Ohio, or the backyard of Pasadena, California. I think now, especially with the transfer portal, I think that'll make him that much more competitive. He'll go for both. I think he'll go for both, Tom. You and I were just talking. He broke the soft verbal rule, the unspoken agreement between coaches in the Big Ten, and it got D'Antonio all upset. I know it got Ferentz all upset because you have even guys. Two weeks in the door. Yeah, you have guys who had soft verbals. He's I don't care. I we don't do that in the SEC. I'm, I'm going after these players. If they if I think they can play at Ohio State, I'm still going to try to talk to them. So if if anybody thinks, especially where I still feel he feels he was wronged by Ohio State. And you can just tell from that press conference and how angry he was that day. I don't think that there's going to be any sort of, well, you know, those are Ohio State guys and we want Ohio State to be good. Hell no. Your goal at USC is to play Ohio State in the playoffs. You're going to let Ohio State get away with great players? Hell no, you're not going to allow that. Next. So, of course, a ton was made in the in the draft, during the draft, in the lead-up to the draft, since the draft, about the Kyler Murray selection at number one, and, of course, the trade of Josh Rosen to the Dolphins for the 62nd overall pick. Uh, but And now that we're kind of turning our focus forward on these quarterbacks and next season, what would you say qualifies as a successful season for Kyler Murray? I guess it's a two-parter for Kyler Murray in Arizona and for Josh Rosen in Miami. A successful season for Kyler Murray will be – <sighs> close to 500, 6 and 10, 7 and 9. A successful season for Josh Rosen will be the same thing. Both teams are terrible. And for the Dolphins, this is going to be a difficult thing because if Josh Rosen's able to lead you to that record, then you have a strong argument whether or not you take one of the 2020 quarterbacks or trade up to take one of the 2020 quarterbacks or you stay with Josh Rosen. Cuz for for a Dolphins fan, your entire goal is to get out of purgatory. You you want to stop being in quarterback purgatory. So this is why you've committed to this. So if you're a Dolphins fan, I understand where Dolphins fans are a little bit upset because you went and you got Josh Rosen, but you're supposed to lose for one of the best quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. Now you might find yourself in a situation where if he plays really well, you're going to be outside of that, but you're not going to be a playoff team. So you have a strong decision that you have to make. I'll be paying attention, obviously, to both, but I think they're both, they both basically have the same type of of goals, 6-10, and 7-9, somewhere around 500, 
and, and getting some people excited for the next year. Next. So the government's case against uh, recruiter Christian Dawkins uh, continued this week, bringing out even more revelations about some of the corruption at Arizona and in college basketball in general. We now basically know, uh, at least according to the evidence of this case, that Sean Miller was providing payments to DeAndre Ayton uh, regularly while he was at Arizona. Arizona is still obviously standing by their very embattled coach, (laughs) and they actually fear uh, retaliation, legal retaliation from him if they fire him or even release a statement about the matter. Something stinks. And obviously the NCAA's hands are kind of held uh, also in this situation waiting for the legal part to resolve. So what should the NCAA ultimately end up doing about all this? Oh, they'll probably end up having to put uh, put Arizona under some sort of penalty is what's going to end up happening out of all of this. Because if they're afraid that Sean Miller's going to turn around and sue them, that means Sean Miller knows something. That means Sean Miller, they told Sean Miller they were going to do something, and Sean Miller knows. So whoever's in charge at Arizona is probably having a lot of sleepless nights there as the athletic director. Next. Monty Williams was snapped up by the Phoenix Suns this week. He was, remember, a finalist supposedly along with Ty Lue for the Laker job. That will not happen anymore, and that leaves the Lakers essentially stuck with Ty Lue, who is still expected to get the job but has not been formally offered yet, uh, with many Lakers fans basically begging the team to consider something else. So, Ken, how far <laughs> outside of the box should the Lakers be looking Stop, for their give coach? Stop. Give in. Stop. Give in, Laker fan. When you go LeBron, you go full LeBron. I'm not wrong here. You got the guy. He's, he's going to be 35. You're, the only way you're going to win is if you go full LeBron. Let him take over the team. As a person with experience, while they fought about that, and yes, he is so passive-aggressive, it's so annoying. He is never going to be upfront and honest with you. And it's so ugly when he goes, oh, I don't have any control over this team, and I don't want any control over this team, because he just doesn't want to get his hands dirty because he's not the one who wants to be criticized if things go wrong. That's arguably the worst things about LeBron. There's also the great things about LeBron that, he seems like an okay guy, and he also seems to be still one of the greatest players in the NBA and has been the greatest player in the NBA for quite a while. You've made this investment. You don't make this big investment and then go half-assed out of it, especially at that age. You don't just sign a guy just to sign a guy to bring guys in. That's what bad teams do in the city. That's what the Clippers are supposed to do. And they're going to go out and get Kawhi? Since when did the Clippers become a better organization than the Lakers? Is this after Dr. Jerry Buss died? That sounds nasty, but I'm serious. You need to get yourselves figured out. If you're getting LeBron, you sign up for the entire LeBron experience. Yes, you bring in Ty Lue. Stop fighting that. You're going to win or die on LeBron James, not on anybody else. Next. So there's a little bit of a strange thing going on right now with some of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. Chris Sale, Max Scherzer, uh, your guy Corey Kluber, even DeGrom and Syndergaard, even though Syndergaard bounced back with a great start this week. Uh, a little bit of a dip from the Aces. In fact, a big dip. A lot of them having terrible ERAs. Some of them having uh, also velocity issues. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is merely coincidental? Do you think this is a, a some kind of an issue that baseball needs to address? What would you say about the uh, decline of Aces this season? I still want to see, and maybe we got to ask a couple of those baseball guys out there, because pitch counts are going longer. Because the reason why games are longer is that you have more guys who are being more selective up there at the plate than they've ever been. Like, it's always was a great big rule that you watch the first pitch go by and then you get get in there and try to take a swing. Well, a lot of guys would just swing at the second pitch. 
Well, now guys are just waiting because of launch angles, because they're trying to hit home runs every time up, because they don't think singles do anything for you or even doubles do anything for you. So they're going to sit back, wait on the proper pitch, or they'll just strike out. So now it takes three pitches to strike someone out at the bare minimum. If they foul anything off, you're going more pitches, more batters, arms are getting worn out because when you have a pitch count that's going up to 100, but you're only in the sixth inning, you're expecting a starting pitcher to get you seven and eight at times. You're hoping for eight, but usually seven is what you're hoping for. Well, if those numbers don't match up, it's causing guys to go a little bit longer. So I think that some of the problem has been with pitch count where guys have been throwing more over a shorter amount of innings. That's just my opinion on it, Tom. If you disagree, go right on ahead. I'm not sure what to make of it, but I kind of like that take. And Thank you. That's five burning questions. I try to be smart. Thank you very much. 855-212-4CBS. That was a wonderful five burning questions. I know you don't like parody, America. Can we love parody? We want somebody else to win other than Golden State. We're tired of seeing Golden State win. I think you're tired of seeing no other team hold a candle to Golden State. But I think you want to see Golden State play, and I think you want to see Golden State lose. I know this because... Of Jeopardy. Guy named James Holtzinger has been the Jeopardy champion now for the last almost three weeks. Holtzauer, I beg your pardon. He's a 34-year-old man from Las Vegas. Now, a lot of people have heard about this. Jeopardy has been running crazy with this guy. And James has been running Jeopardy crazy over the last few weeks with how great he's played. He's racked up over a million dollars. I've watched him nearly every single day this week. Now, they're about to take two weeks off because of the teacher's tournament but James will be back on in two weeks. Let's hear some of Jeopardy, James. James now has the three highest one-day totals for winnings on Jeopardy. James. With Harding. Yes. Home runs, education, plain Jane, bargaining, the mashed potato. Yes. You've become a celebrity now. going to be a lot of pressure on you. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Is Raleigh, Gary, Rice Price. <laughs> 11,914. What is brain trust? That's it. Double. 25,000. What is stand by your man? You're right. You're at 71,114. And this is for you, Granny. Is your grandma still alive? No. no. You're going to add some more money. You have just set a one day record again $131,127. Audio courtesy of Merv Griffin. You hear the end of that clip. There's another woman. She's laughing. She's chuckling. It's one of the other contestants. James has been so dominating that the other contestants can't help but watch him go. And the first thought I saw this guy was, I don't like your face. I don't like your smugness. I don't like the way you play the game. And I can't stop watching you. I felt like the sheriff in Malibu in the Big Lebowski. I wanted to throw a coffee cup at the TV when I saw this guy. Meanwhile, ratings over the last five weeks, 6.5, 6.7, 7.3, 8.5, 9.2 of the 56 largest local TV markets. I said this in the open of the show. In Buffalo, New York, they got an 18.1 the other day. You don't want parity. You want dominance, and you want dominance you can hate. You watch this guy for one second. Tom, I don't think, has seen any Jeopardy. I don't think Billy Jack has seen any Jeopardy. Billy Jack has got his own set of problems he's got to worry about. 
America's watching this guy because, well, can he make a run at Ken Jennings? It looks like he could, but it's still very early to say. Ken Jennings at least played the board. This guy has his own rhythm. This guy has his own way. He th- he throws his competitors off, and the way he does it is so smug and so arrogant, you can't help but hate him. My wife watched him for five minutes the other night, couldn't stand to look at him, and was dying for someone to beat him, and already by the first TV break, you could already see no one's going to touch this guy. And people are watching 8.5, 9.2, and 18.1 in Buffalo, the highest of the week of any program by a long margin in regular cities and big cities and small towns the whole time through. And we sit there and we complain because Golden State's won too much because the Patriots have won too much. Who do you hate more? Who do you hate most? Have you hated the Browns or have you hated the New England Patriots? And which one have you watched more of? The Browns or the Patriots? Because there's plenty of parity around the league at the bottom, but there's only one who could be at the top. And there's plenty of parity basically any other year at any other time in the game of Jeopardy. It's something you turn on. It's right after the old folks go to bed after the wheel. And it's something maybe you turn on and you have a little bit of fun with with your wife as you guys are getting ready to settle down for the evening and you watch some Jeopardy. And every now and then there's an event. And usually the guy who's dominant is a person we don't like because we want to see that guy fail and we want to see how great he can be. It's the same thing with Golden State. I can't imagine how great Golden State is. And I want Golden State to fail at every single turn. And I know that they won't. I know that they won't this year. And it's amazing to see the other teams crumble around them while they continue to be dominant. And the same thing can be said for the Patriots, and I'll even throw the Red Sox in there. But when you say you want parity and I see these numbers, I think you're absolutely nuts. Coming up next, Colin Ward-Henninger, he's going to join us, CBS Sports NBA writer. We'll talk playoffs with him. And also, you got to admit, yeah, maybe you miss LeBron in the postseason. It's Ken Common on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.